0: Good afternoon. It is October 30th, 2023. You're listening to A Little Column A, A Little Column B, hosted by Will Limnos and co-hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy?
1: What is going on, Will? Very special day. Sports Equinox. All four major pro uh, leagues are playing today. It doesn't always happen with how football and baseball line up at uh, at their seasons. I mean, we're right in the middle of of college football. Uh, Duke, was able to secure the number one recruit uh, for 2024. He's expected to be the uh, the, the first, uh, the number one pick uh, in that draft. And college basketball starts one week from today. So we we're just in the thick of it. Uh, we, we were doing picks. Do we need to, like, how, how do we get professional help? Because usually I have a, a, a better handle on things. Usually I just have a better outlook and I've been kind of faking it the past two weeks because it's just been so bad. And again, again, I am not, good i'm not good at making the picks this year and i i just don't know what the answer is
0: i wish i had a solution for you as poorly as you think you are doing you are beating me so who am i to say anything about all of this i have the, the only thing i will say about the the picks at this point is that this is a podcast segment this isn't even something we're competitive at this is this is just a segment we're, we're not competing at anything we haven't we haven't even come close to let alone that Nate is dominating us. It do- Nate would be dominating most groups, though. Right? I'm I'm comfortable saying that. I just feel bad that yeah, his- he's like in
1: the 97th percentile or something.
0: I'm just I hope his picks are in another group w- worth something, and then not in just our lousy group here where he's just dominating against nobody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start picks again. I I really want to get to some basketball. We're gonna do that later. You mentioned all the other sports. I I, I did watch some some World Series. I don't know if you know that was going on, but the, I did catch a little bit of that. There's some drama that's been going on with that, but I, I just can't get into it. And There's so much basketball on. I, I'm addicted. I'm, I'm watching eight games at a time. I'm flipping back and forth. I'm rewatching games the next day. It's, it's a problem. But it is still NFL season, and we still got to truck through all these picks and whatever talent is remaining. A whole bunch of injuries this past week, and a whole bunch of backups playing. In the most important position at the quarterback. For so many teams, I can argue, and I don't even think it's much of an argument, that this is the least amount of talent that has ever been in the NFL and arguably the most amount of talent that's ever been in the NBA. How are we going to ever get through all this? Uh, Let's just do it on Thursday here. we got the Tennessee Titans at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Both of these guys may be starting different quarterbacks than they have started most of the previous weeks. Will Levis has a huge game for Tennessee, finally getting a shot. Four touchdowns, awakening DeAndre Hopkins, who goes off for three touchdowns, four receptions, 128 yards. Is this is this the saving here? Is Tennessee alive because Pittsburgh? As much as I was happy to see Pickett get benched for Trubisky, Trubisky came in and was just Trubisky. He wasn't anything worthy. It wasn't (laughs) anything you should be scared of. It wasn't anything that should be mentioned on a podcast. Other than that, he came in. He can only win the games that he comes in on. He can't ever win the games that he starts. So I'm gonna go with Tennessee and more of what I've seen lately out of them and what I've specifically seen last week out of Will Levis is way better than just about anything offensively I've seen out of Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh finds ways to stay in games. Maybe Watt will be, you know, everywhere and have a way to impact this this Will Levis second second start here, but I mean what what is the upside for Pittsburgh here? I mean are you are you picking them at home? What what are you seeing in this four and three Pittsburgh team that I'm not?
1: I thought this was going to be my zag and I was going to go with the Titans and go, go against you. But apparently we're on the, on the same train. It's, I, I think I've been saying all along that the Steelers, they, they pick it as their quarterback and they're just not a good football team. They were, you know, they're four and two. It's just like, man, how is this team you know like two games above 500? What, what is happening? Uh, but lose again. And I, it's just like, I just don't trust Kenny Pickett, and they obviously they don't either because they put in Mitch Trubisky. It's not some young guy that oh we got to see what we have. Everybody knows what, what what Mitch is. It and you saw it again when when he was out there. So I think it's just like hey I'm gonna try to have fun. Let's uh, root for uh, you know for a uh, an underdog sort of story here with Will Levis and say hey all right young guy see if you can do it again. Yeah throw it. You know who you should throw it to? Throw it to De- DeAndre Hopkins. He's really good. That's fun. Let's do that.
0: So I'm going to go through every single game today and I'm going to ask you a similar question on, do you think guys should be more like Will Levis or more like Trubinsky where Trubinsky doesn't really even throw the ball. I mean, there's multiple quarterbacks that were scared to throw the ball this past week. Believe it or not, the quarterback that is supposed to throw the ball, the one guy on the on the field that's allowed to throw the ball, terrified to throw the ball throughout all of this. And I, and I understand the game management sense of all that, but I, I like that Levis kind of went out swinging and was just throwing huge deep balls and, Connecting on it and finding, like you said, DeAndre Hopkins for 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 his number one target, like throughout the game, it felt like he was about to get traded this week, and there were some rumors. And then he has this sort of performance, and it feels like this three and four Tennessee team, if they're able to check the box at quarterback, with which Will Levis last week definitely did, they got a chance. I'm not, I'm not quitting on them. On, On the other side, Pittsburgh, man, if you want to go through the carries, the running. Warren five carries, 19 yards. N- Najee Harris seven carries, 13 yards. Trebinsky, three carries, 18 yards. These aren't numbers that anybody should ever be reading. These are these are miserable. These are high school numbers. These are these are I don't, you, you only play the first half? Like I, it doesn't doesn't work when you have that many flaws on your quarterback situation to have such a poor running game. It's it's never going to turn around. So I'm I'm sorry for Pittsburgh, but this may be a real phony four and three team who I've kind of bought into in the past, and I'm. Very much not going to be buying on this Thursday. Uh, all right, so we're both with Tennessee. Moving on to the Germany game. This will be the Miami Dolphins at the Kansas City Chiefs, both six and two. We finally get two good teams to play each other, and we send them to Germany. Wh- whose idea was that?
1: It had to have been the Germans, right? I don't
0: know they're going to get quite a game out of this. What did they get Brady last year? Who are? They? What is London got to do to get to get these two teams? They're stuck with Jacksonville. All the
1: time. Always Jacksonville. But if normally that is the punchline to the joke, but this year, Jaguars they they loved it over there. That might have uh, sparked their season.
0: Well, we're gonna talk about the suspect Jaguars in quite a little bit. Miami playing New England this past week. I I would like to say they struggled and that I did see some flaws. But Miami is just so ruthlessly efficient in the red zone. And their defense could be suspect and Kansas City just lost to Denver arguably the worst team in the league I think is who's arguing they're, they're worse than Denver I don't cool. think anyone's doing that
1: I made all sorts of jokes on the last podcast how the Chiefs own Denver and they haven't Denver hasn't beat the Chiefs I think it was 16 games and then it was, wasn't even much of a game wasn't even close uh really disappointed because coming into it there was a winter uh, weather warning I thought we were getting a, a snow game it turns out the snow all came the you know the night the night before, so there was no uh, no real snow during the game. So it kind of got our hopes up there, but was very surprised. Did I hear that uh, Mahomes was sick? Is is that the is that what we're going with?
0: It's the most sick I've ever seen him be. He had zero touchdowns and two interceptions. That's not the Mahomes we see every week, even on some of the worst rosters, which you know he hasn't exactly had the best weapons of recent. You know Tyreek Hill's gone poor Mikko Hardman had a struggle of a game I imagine that they will be more successful in this upcoming week in Germany because Mikko Hardman's not going to fumble three times on three kickoff returns or punt returns or whatever it ended up being that's not going to happen again I still thought the Chiefs had a really good chance at beating Denver that past game it it's the more accurate of what a real flu game should be you should play poorly when you have the flu so maybe (laughs) maybe that's what it really represents here that we've We've, Jordan has taken the flu game and it has made it as like you're supposed to play well. But the, the real reality is this is probably what it really should look like. You should be wheeled out there with like one eye open and no energy. And that's very much what he looked like. All that being said, he's not going to be sick next week. So I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs in Germany. Uh, who you got?
1: I'm also going with the Chiefs. think that last game might have been a little bit of a trap game. You were looking one week ahead and not really focused on the team in front of you and got, got tripped up. And if Mahomes was actually sick, obviously that doesn't help. Uh, I'm thinking the travel probably doesn't help with the sickness so much, but uh, I think I think he, he will at least be feeling better than he did on Sunday.
0: All right, moving on. One o'clock Sunday, Minnesota Vikings at the Atlanta Falcons, both four and four, both probably starting a new quarterback this week with Heineke coming in for Atlanta. And I don't even know who the backup's going to be for, for Minnesota with Kirk Cousins announced and confirmed today having a torn Achilles and going to be done for the year. Uh, and any regret on possibly trading Cousins, you know, last week prior to all this? Or are we happy with what we've had in Cousins? And, you know, they're 4-4. Four and four. Like, it's not – like, one of these teams could is probably still going to make the playoffs. And that's crazy to say, but somebody has to get in. I, I f- kind of feel for Minnesota a little bit. I, I didn't think Cousins was – Spectacular this year, but I look at all the other quarterbacks like, like like Atlanta had three guys throw the ball last week. They had Taylor Heineke, Desmond Ritter and, and John who Smith even threw the ball. One time I would take Kirk cousins over all of those guys. That being said, I don't think Minnesota is going to be able to bounce back. I, I, I I'm going with Atlanta. I just, I think that the question marks over there are a little bit better than the question mark for Minnesota going forward. So who you got?
1: I am also going with the Falcons. I don't love it, but Vikings just lost their starting quarterback and what I'm looking at from the internet is that Jaron Hall from BYU, uh, the rookie, he will be going in there. Uh, never the never the easiest, but never good when it's like who's the backup? And then you look, I don't recognize that name at all. So not like the Falcons have anything major at QB, but they got skill position players. Uh, Vikings uh, uh, Jefferson's still still out, so they're not gonna have not gonna have him. So I'll, I'll go with the Falcons. They're at home, eh, just it's gonna be ugly it's gonna be ugly you know like like you said two quarterbacks that uh you know didn't start last week starting this week that that's just not good
0: i mean you look minnesota at least has some weapons i thought addison kind of came alive a little bit there what is it there's a there's a born they have another born uh osmond or something else uh hawkinson still there i they i mean maybe maybe like a will levis kind of steps in and they just start slinging the ball around kind of like cousins was what if what if they don't even miss a step i mean we I brag about Cousins is better than all these other guys, but I'm not saying like he's irreplaceable. Like what if what if they're almost better off? Is that is that too optimistic?
1: I think it's too optimistic.
0: Yeah, well, they're gonna have to start tanking at some point. I, I don't know when that kicks in. Both these teams are four and four. It'll be interesting to see the results of this week and where it turns the rest of the season. Uh moving on. Arizona Cardinals at the Cleveland Browns. Arizona is 1-7, and seven, and Cleveland, as, many, as much of a mess as they were this past week and as many opportunities as they had to win, I, Arizona's not going to win this game, right? Like, this, or, or is this going to be a Denver-Kansas City situation? I, I I don't know if Cleveland has an offense that's worth functioning, if if they have a coach that's actually going to allow this team to ever win. The defense is really good, and that's the one bright side, is that they have a good defense, and Arizona doesn't have really anything going for them. So I'll, I'll take Cleveland. This P.J. Walker situation here, did you see the, like, they're winning the game and he throws the ball off the helmet and then they they pick him off and that's kind of how the game ends where Seattle just marches down and scores almost immediately after that. Didn't necessarily have to throw the ball. How do you feel about that uh, coaching decision there?
1: I just, I get it. You you, you have the backup quarterback in there, but like, why are you asking him to do something so difficult? Just, you know, you, you use the time. Your defense is good. Trust your defense. This is the only, like, maybe not the only way, but you know this is really the way that it could kill you.
0: As much as I brag about the the Browns defense, I do want to give Gino just a quick shout out of like that first quarter. He kind of lit them up. Like, I w- I was shocked of how dominant Seattle's offense was. Now it, d- it did get s- kind of slowed down a little bit, and it wasn't as reliable until the very very end. But you gotta you gotta find a way to win that game if you're Cleveland. I, I know PJ Walker isn't your first pick, but your first pick is really not a great option right now. I don't know if Deshaun's going to do any better than any of this, or if the results would have changed otherwise. You might you might have not even been in this game with Deshaun. I think that's the the sad part of your Cleveland. Still four and three going forward, and still going to be our pick going forward this week. Uh, you're going with Cleveland, right? You said Cleveland.
1: Yeah, going with Cleveland. Uh, just news came out right before the podcast. Uh, Dobbs is not going to be starting this week, so they're going to be going with a new quarterback. Uh, Kyler is eligible to come off of IR. I'm not sure if he. I know he's been practicing. Not sure if he's quite ready to start. So I don't know if that was like just it's leading towards. Yep. First thing you say is Dobbs is out or is not going to start, and then you bring Kyler, or if maybe uh, they will also be. I think starting a uh, a, a rookie. Uh, to give Kyler uh, another another week to you know come back, but yeah, last year Kyler was the one that kept burning me because it's like oh Kyler Murray like he's really good and then last year he wasn't so good so even him coming back isn't like exactly some sort of savior gonna turn the whole season around.
0: I, I is Kyler gonna play this year? Is that in the best interest of him and Arizona? Like I mean, if they want to keep him, I think, going...
1: I, like I said, he was not very good last year. So I think he does have to come back, and they could check out. Okay, you weren't very good. Then you got injured. Are you toast? Like we need to know going forward if you're the guy or if we need to be looking at other options.
0: All right. So trade value wise, do you think he has more trade value if he plays and looks poorly no. and they can't move him, or they just don't play him at all? And next off season, it's like, hey, we got this guy. He's fresh. He's been out for a whole year. He's been training. He's in great shape. And there's no bad game he... film because the thing is they're one in seven. What is he supposed to? He's not going to go out there and look good. So like, if you put he him out, he has to well, that's gonna he be, has to look good. That's going to be a real rude awakening for him when he finds out like his team's not that good. He's not that good. And that this team isn't even going to play him and no other team's going to trade for him. Although I, I look at all the quarterbacks being rolled out there today. I right. Yeah. Somebody... So it might
1: not have to be, you know, awesome. It's just, hey, you are not terrible. Yeah. And we've seen flashes where you are good, so we're willing to take a risk.
0: I mean, it's not like he actually has to win the game. I just think he has to make some plays that you wouldn't be see made by Taylor Heineke. Like, you just have to make a play better than that guy, and then I think you can justify being traded for. I don't know what Arizona's going to ask for in exchange because, like I said, they still have – they haven't really figured out the quarterback position either. So, like, I think in the back of their minds, they might want to hold on to him as well. Like, what are their – what their better options are? So, it's a – it's a messy situation where I, I don't know if they gain more value by not playing him and just rolling him out as a starter next year or playing him now and trying to figure out what his value is. You know, If they start getting offers and he's good, maybe they decide they want to keep him, and that's a whole other mess. But I, I imagine he's not going to play this year. I don't think he's going to play. I I, I know you said he has to, but I, I just don't see the upside for him. I don't think he's going to risk it. I think we're going to get kind of like a Ben Simmons situation where he's like, I'm just not ready because what? I don't want to go out there and look bad and lose all the money. Like I'd rather just be more of an unknown.
1: Uh, it's bold. It's a bold strategy, but I, I think he's gonna have to play. A, that's like the like the, the only option. And I, yeah, I would be surprised if he didn't play at all.
0: All right, moving on. Los Angeles Rams at the Green Bay Packers. Man, these are some some rough. Is there any good news? Did anyone have any good news this past week? I feel like every team I'm walking, I'm like, wow, things did not go the way these guys had hoped this week. Did Did anybody win this week? Like these are. Two teams that are erasing last week's memory uh, from their memory. Just nothing nothing to take away from it. Stafford has the worst luck in the world. He has a broken finger and then just throws it right into a helmet, like immediately. Jordan Love, I I, I don't know where to rank him. It wouldn't be great. It, it's it's not good. There's, There were glimpses early in the season of, of him making a whole bunch of right decisions and some plays that I don't think every quarterback in the league can make. But, man, he is just making so many mistakes regularly and, and – I, they could argue to be the worst team in the league. Is that is that crazy to say? I, I'm going with the Rams. I don't love the chances of, of, of the Rams defeating the Packers here, but Green Bay's not great. I, I, I think I could argue Green Bay is one of the worst teams in the league. Who you got?
1: I'm going with Green Bay. I think both teams are bad, so I'm going with the home team. So Give me the Packers. Hopefully Jordan Love can whip up a little magic. All
0: right, let's get complicated. Next game, Washington Commanders at the New England Patriots. The 2-6 and six New England Patriots. The goddamn good defense, terrible offense, bad Mac Jones, Patriots team. That's and it's. I just want it to be over. We just need to end this. I can't deal with this on a week to week where they give me hope and they they take it away, and then we play good enough to win a game. We have no chance at winning, and then the same mistakes just keep happening. We're either just not that good, or Mac's not that good, or I I, I don't I need uh, to,
1: that that red zone pick. It just uh. It just it's such a killer.
0: It seems punishing to watch someone who's good enough to get to the red zone and then just can't reward or just take care of the ball and settle for three points and a kick like the kick might have kept us in the game the pick was going to eliminate us from the game immediately because we had a hard time getting to the red zone and we were able to get there that one time you can't waste that opportunity all that being said is there something to be said about him throwing it and trying to win for us Right, he's not just settling he's not just handing the ball off I understand you want to just take care of the ball but at least he's taking some shots I've seen quarterbacks. We're gonna to get to them later in this, this, these picks here. That we're just scared to throw the ball, and I may not, I may be scared of Mac's decision making, but I, I at least appreciate that he's not scared to throw the ball. But man, this was a struggle. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with the Washington Commanders because they put up 31 points last week, and I don't think the Patriots can score that many points. I could argue the Commanders were borderline dominating Philly this past week. A bunch of red zone convenient turnovers for them probably won't happen again. I mean, Philly still wins the game, even with, I think like three red zone turnovers that the commanders really didn't even capitalize a whole lot off of. But I just can't imagine the Patriots outscoring a team that scored 31 last week. So I'm going to go with the commanders. Who you got?
1: I'm going to go with a little bit of hope. I'm going to go with the Patriots. Uh, I think it's pretty close. Sam Howell, he's been been all right, but you know he's he, he can be shaky, so I think our defense might be able to get into his head a little bit, and this can be uh, more of a coin toss. So if it's a coin toss. Let me go with uh, with the Patriots, and we'll you know we'll get into it later later in the show. But you were saying how how can we make this end? You know just you know faster. It's it, I I said I told the guy at work today like I've I've emotionally moved on to basketball season, and the Celtics have already won as many games as the Patriots won the entire season so far. So. That's where it is, but you know, in this situation, all right, yeah, let's you know, maybe we get a you know a home win. We we were able to pull out some magic against Buffalo at home, and you know, maybe maybe there's there's some home cooking we can we can take advantage of.
0: We we pulled out the same magic against Miami though. We 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 made some turnovers. We we had some offensive plays. Like they're, we just gotta finish them. Like they just gotta. It's like you just gotta make your layups. I know it's not as simple as that, but it it's like just do your job is a simple simple thing. The Patriots always say. It feels like we're forgetful in these critical moments of just the, the moments where we could score we, we, we seem to just fumble it uh frustrating literally story. yeah all right uh going forward Chicago Bears at the New Orleans Saints I mean the Bears had hope a week ago I watched them last night very very briefly get dominated by the Chargers and you know I can't really say a whole lot of nice things about New Orleans either this is this is one of those matchups where it's like is, is somebody gonna watch this like is this gonna be shown on TV Did they black this out Who, who's watching this I'm going with the Saints. They're at home. Alvin Kamara is actually playing pretty well. He had a good game last week. That's about the only good thing you could say about New Orleans. I, anything else to add? I, I got New Orleans. Who you got?
1: I've got the Saints. And you know what? Let's get wild. This is my lock of the week. I think the Bears are bad. Real bad.
0: I don't think the Saints are good enough to be a lock. Like I, I, I agree. And that's
1: why. I said we're, get, we're getting crazy here. You know, we're, we're midway through. The, we're getting to be midway through the season. Yep. This is where it's at now. Saints lock of the week.
0: That's not good, you know. As as someone who's also batting sixty percent at all these, yeah, go ahead, lock it in. That that's, get risky. Get <laughs> take take a couple chances. You know, why would we? We've been playing so conservative every week here at that sixty percent mark. <laughs> You're right. All right, next game: Seattle Seahawks at the Baltimore Ravens. There's good Geno and there's bad Geno. Uh, there was moments where he was spectacular early on, just lighting them up. Some big plays in Metcalf. I could say the same thing with with Lamar Jackson, who. I, I swear yep. he he makes the he never makes it the, the easy games look easy like he hits everything's a struggle for him. This team feels like they play down to their opponent's level, and yet they're able to somehow be six and two. So they're shaky ride. I, I if I was a fan of them, I, it would just be a roller coaster of emotions every week. Of I don't know what team's showing up, but somehow they manage to stay in games and they manage to win games. I'm I'm hoping good Lamar shows up this week, and I, I'm going to take Baltimore at home. But this Seattle team, they're, they're frisky. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they were. If this was a tight game and if they had a really good chance at winning this game, this may be the best game of the week here too. At five and two, Seattle versus six and two, Baltimore. Not the not the greatest, you know, market in the world, but definitely some good talent out there. Uh, who you got in the game?
1: I'm going with the Ravens, and I'm also hoping that good Lamar shows up and that this is a this is a fun game.
0: Next game: Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Houston Texans. And I played CJ Stroud last week for fantasy, and then I felt good about it going in. I thought he was playing the Carolina Panthers, a team that has no reason to win and can't really score a whole lot of points. Was able to slow him down a whole bunch. I'm gonna go with the Buccaneers on the road based on nothing other than I think they're gonna have a lot of rest from last Thursday, and maybe maybe Baker's gonna be able to outdo out duel CJ. And this is like who's watching these games this week? Like this is the week to take off, right? Go. Go hang out with your family this Sunday. Do not watch football. Like this is none of these games are worth any of our time. I'm going Tampa. Who you got?
1: Uh, I'm going go with the Texans. I think uh, CJ. I think he can turn it around. I don't think the Buccaneers are uh, very good, so I think that he'd be able. He can sneak out a win at home.
0: Next game: Indianapolis Colts at the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers are one in six. The Colts. Are starting. I don't know who is Minshew going to play now. Is he here? Is he hurt? After I mean, they're going to go down to third and four string guys. I, I I I wish I like even with that, I still feel like Indianapolis is the better team here. I, I I know Carolina got the win last week, but it was a real miserable effort by Texas and Texans, and they didn't really do anything that make me feel like I shouldn't pick them should pick them to win. So I'm going to stick with the Colts and whatever the question mark is going to be at at quarterback, but shaky shaky game again I don't know who's watching these games but who you got I'm going with the
1: Colts I think the Panthers are the worst team in the league so I think the Colts can win even not knowing who exactly their QB is going to be and them playing on the road
0: just give the ball to Jonathan Taylor just just do that every time next game New York Giants at the Las Vegas Raiders Raiders are going to play tonight against Detroit for Monday night football the Giants played most of the game yesterday uh, with Tommy DeVito. This is not a made up name. This is not a good fella's character. This is this is a New York Giants quarterback who is scared to throw the ball, or at least is not allowed to throw it. He's only allowed to throw it sideways to screen passing. I, I, I could pick apart so many things of this, but the it really kind of boils down to the New York Giants had a chance to go up sixteen to ten and or no thirteen to ten. Right? Yeah, they would have went up six. 13 to seven it would have been yeah because they tied it with the kick okay 13 to seven and, it, and they end up missing the kick New York Jets go all the way around the other way kick the do some magic Zach Wilson Garrett Wilson stuff in 20 seconds and they kick a field goal send it into overtime and the Giants were just not even interested in offense not, not an interested. I, I, is there any other way to describe it just not interested in offense? With, with with Tommy DeVito, out I there? think
1: that I think that is a good way of mentioning it. And I was more concerned. I was wondering if uh, if he was related to Danny DeVito.
0: I, no, I not not that I heard of. But I'm going with the Raiders purely based on I I don't know who's going to start this upcoming week, but it it's not gonna it's not gonna work for the Giants. The Jets were a mess last week too, but they should they should have won that game. There's no reason the Giants should have lost that game. I, I they're going to lose games like that. They're going to lose a game like this to the Raiders. So I'll take the Raiders at home. Who you got?
1: I'm also going to go with the Raiders at home. The Giants haven't been very good, and now they're losing quarterbacks left and right. So I can't see that getting any any better. So I'll take the the Raiders sight unseen even uh, without seeing the game tonight.
0: All right, next game, Dallas Cowboys at the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles are 7-1, and and last week was a shaky one. I know A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, they, they put up some big numbers. Jalen Hurts just slinging it all over the place. Same thing with the Cowboys. Big, big numbers for CeeDee Lamb. They put up forty plus points again. I, I I hope this is an offensive game that we get to be entertained by based on all the other games that we've been predicting this past week. This this could actually have some points and actually have some competitive nature and hopefully a result that's that's worth watching. But I I think the Eagles are really shaky. And I've seen the Cowboys disappoint me multiple times, but I'm gonna take the Cowboys on the road. I think that defense is better. I think Philly's defense is very vulnerable. And Dallas's offense is just ready to attack. I mean, if you're going to give up 30-plus points to the Commanders, what is Dallas going to do to you? Who you got?
1: I am going to go with the Eagles. Uh, I think that Jalen Hurts has not been as good this year as he was last year, but they still got a lot of weapons. A.J. Brown has just been amazing, uh, just really killing it. So uh, uh, I think they're, they're at home. They mean business. They get the job done.
0: All right next game Buffalo Bills at the Cincinnati Bengals another good game here what, what do you know like we're on a roll here. We've got some actual football games. Buffalo coming off their victory against Tampa Bay. This is a weird Buffalo season like is it just they're not dominant. they feel like they're just slightly better than the average team but they're not I'm not crossing them off either. I definitely crossed off the Cincinnati Bengals a couple weeks ago. I thought it was over. I didn't think it was possible. I didn't think Burrow could possibly get healthy through the season, just getting sacked a bunch of every game. But, you know, here they are. A huge victory for Cincinnati, 31-17 over the San Francisco 49ers. You know, I know Purdy didn't practice all week, but I don't think that's an excuse. I thought this was a real performance by Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, and I thought their defense, two interceptions, one fumble, two sacks. That's – that's big, that's big time stuff right there. So I'm going to take Cincinnati at home against Buffalo. It's, it's Joe Burrow time. He's back. This, this is the same show we were waiting to see. Come back is, are you on Joey's side again?
1: Oh, absolutely. Let's ride. He came into the season. He was hurt. The team didn't look, look very good. I said last week, if I, I picked the 49ers to win, but I said, this is a real uh, test for, for the Bengals, are they really, uh, you know, charging? Or was it just kind of, you know, a little bit of, little bit of fool's gold? I, I think it's for real. 49ers are in a tailspin right now, losing three in a row. But I think Joe Burrow being healthy, they're getting the team back together. And now if they can continue this, with they win against the Bills, it'll really just put them in a, in a prime spot to really start to uh, be talking playoffs.
0: If, I mean, I don't know how dominant, like, the number one seeds are going to end up being. I I think it's way too early to be picking MVps and I don't know if there's even a clear front runner at this point but if the Bengals end up making a whole bunch of noise and finishing you know prominently above 500 and are well into the playoffs I think burrow should be getting some MVP recognition already with even with the struggles early on this team only goes if he goes and when he goes I mean he's 28 to 32 this past week that's that's awesome four four passes incomplete 283 yards three touchdowns there's an X factor and a clutch factor that I haven't even gotten to that you can't even record statistically, but this could be a real wake up call for the rest of the league that Cincinnati's back and watch out. Look out. All right, last game of the week. Los Angeles Chargers at the New York Jets. I, I wish the Chargers could charge it. I would just say that, yeah, this is how the Jets win. This is what they're doing. The Jets are four and three, Chargers three and four. We've seen seven games out of both these teams, and those are the results. I can't imagine Zach Wilson outscoring the Chargers, even with the the, the messy of everything of I mean, the Chargers always finding a ways to blow games. I'm gonna take the Chargers on the road. I don't feel great about it, but I there's no way you're picking the Jets either, right? Like we you just can't.
1: No, right? Yeah, I, I usually pick against the against the Chargers, but when you're playing the Jets, just I got, I got I have to go with the Chargers, and then next week I'll probably be kicking myself by saying. <laughs> why'd you pick the chargers you promised you weren't going to pick them again but i think I, I think i have to in this situation
0: all right well those are our picks for the week i believe we have some fantasy heroes and fantasy zeros from this past week i had a very successful fantasy week i, I don't want to brag about uh, the competition i was able to defeat this this past week but i successfully defeated your your favorite column b host over here easily not easily? came out of nowhere
1: projected for 177 points for, where in the world did this come from i can't feel like you. it's second to last place
0: look you're you're acting yeah i was gonna say you're acting like i'm used to this too all right this is a shock to me just as much as it is to you all right I, i've oh, seen my man. team the whole season all right I've, I've paid attention i my picks have not been great but my my fantasy advice has been solid all right who we got for fantasy heroes and zeros this week
1: Starting with the Fantasy Zeros. A couple of guys you really wouldn't expect to be on the the Zeros list, but Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Wide receivers, Cooper Cup. This is his second uh, appearance in two weeks, so that's not great if you're a Cooper Cup uh, owner, especially after being injured to start the year. not looking good for him. For running backs, we have Tony Pollard and Isaiah Pacheco. At tight end, we have Darren Waller, and we have the Eagles defense. They got you negative three points. On the good side, though, we have the fantasy heroes. Quarterback, we got Joe Burrow. We have a whole mess of wide receivers: Jahan Dotson, C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, and Gabe Davis. Running back, we have Gus Edwards. I think I believe he had three touchdowns. He has kind of been struggling. Where it was like him and Lamar kind of traded off there. Uh, at tight end. George Kittle and Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill. If you uh, you know were smart enough to start him, you'd get lucky sometimes. And then on defense, the uh, the Cowboys' defense was a fantasy hero this week.
0: I'm still recovering from the Philly minus three versus the Washington Commanders, who had led the league, I think, in interceptions going into the week, and put up and third... they give
1: up the most sacks.
0: <laughs> was... Yeah, and then and then Philly. I thought at least, worst case scenario, you give up, you, even if you give up 30 points, they'd at least have, you know, four or five sacks, an interception, some sort of turnover where the, the numbers get me at least into the positive. I, w- I would have, I just, it's it's funny to think that I would have been better off not playing anyone than playing them, knowing all the matchup stuff going in. Wild stuff. This is why we play the game. And, and this is why you want Christian McCaffrey on your team. You know, just just a solid, solid victory every week. Just, just lock him in.
1: Uh, Scores a touchdown every week. Just, lock
0: it in all right well that's all we got for the nfl the the talentless league Uh, let's touch a little bit on some college football then we can talk about the very very talented nba what do we got for college football we got some cheating scandals i saw some robbery stuff i i I saw some actual football but it it seems like most of the storylines currently going on are off the field what do we got going on in the state of college football in michigan right now
1: so michigan was caught are allegedly caught stealing signs. And so it, it, I feel like it's more in baseball, but you do see it on the sideline and more in college. They'll have the, uh, the, the quadrant, the four pictures or they'll show the, the, the backup quarterbacks and they're doing all sorts of silly little dances and different things. And I had not realized that only one of them, is actually doing the actual signs. And then the other one or the other two guys are dummy signs, which they practice during the week. And so the you know, the guys playing know to look over and go like, oh yeah, Jerry, like doesn't matter what he's doing. None of that even applies. Uh but what Michigan did, which is a lot of people are saying is going uh beyond the gray zone of you know, during a game trying to look over, trying to gain an advantage, was that they were sending an advanced scout to games of teams that are going to play in the future and filming the sideline so that you could look at, you could watch it later and line it up with, okay, every time they pull on the ear and then touch their nose, that's how it comes a, a patch play. So they're definitely in some hot water. Uh, I feel like I've gotten different inputs and the Michigan fans are on the, this isn't really that big of a deal. Uh, and then on top of that, the head coach Harborough, he didn't even know where if you're not a Michigan fan, you're saying, Hey, if you're the head coach, and especially in college, these head coaches are crazy. They know every little thing that's happening. You know, BS that he had no idea that this was going on, and he should be fired, and Michigan should you know be penalized and fined and lose all like, all the, all these wins. So it is getting more interesting because since they did advanced scouting, it was in different states. And so now this is not just a state crime, this becomes a federal crime, and I am hearing that the FBI will get involved, which I have to imagine the FBI has way more important things to deal with than if colleges are stealing each other's signs. So I was pretty surprised that uh, the Federal Bureau of Investigation was going to be investigating this.
0: All right, so the filming is really the issue here, because if he's not filming, and it's just a regular group of scouts, which I'm assuming most football programs in general high school collegiate professional have scouting teams they go and i imagine they sit and they stare at the other team's sidelines and they try to figure this all out i understand the, the aid of having the the film and going back to it all but wouldn't in theory you could do the same thing in person and get lucky and people are still doing that are going to be doing that this week the next week and every other week of football so if, it, if it's really just the filming that they were able to figure this all out i, I think it's a lot more of the efficiency that the filming to speeds up, that you were able to figure it out faster. But I don't think this is anything that is new. I think every other team is doing something similar to this. Every other team wishes they had this information. Every other team is probably doing something similar. I, I wouldn't be shocked about it. They, the difference is they just didn't get caught. I don't know how they managed to get caught or what they screwed up in this that, that tipped off somebody, but that's the bigger issue is that they did get caught. And I don't think it really reflects the outcome as much as everyone wants to you know I, like i'm not taking away victories for michigan i'm sure all that stuff helps but you know if you have a good coach i think you're prepared for certain things that are predictable regardless i'm sure getting tipped off on certain things is helpful but it doesn't just cuz you know it doesn't mean you actually know how to react to it or you you know the timing is perfectly prepared for i mean, I mean how helpful do you think this really is like astronomically helpful or you know a couple points here like well like how much of difference does it really make I
1: mean, I figure any any bit that helps is, is is worth looking into, whether that's nutrition or you know, with with recruiting, you know, name, image, and likeness. So, especially at this high level, any advantage you could try to get, you're gonna try to do it. But I I think I was I was surprised to find this out that one of the reasons that you're not allowed to do this is because the smaller programs can't afford the tickets. So that was the whole thing where Michigan like spent $10,000 on tickets where other schools wouldn't be able to spend ahead of time to go be able to film the film the signs. So that was a surprise that I did not know existed.
0: Well, I wanted to bring up the finances as well because I saw someone say, well, why doesn't this happen in the NFL? And it's like, oh, well, they have the, the headsets, right? And they, they put the... Yep. The, the clipboard over their mouth so you can't even lip read. And then they, they're talking to to somebody's ear. And then I imagine that's connected to someone up in the, in the booth up above. And you, know, you have $10,000 to travel to go to all these games. Do we not have enough money for, for a headset system? Like are we – that's not within the budget. That, that's no college football team. All, all these professional college collegiate stuff nonsense that spend millions and millions of dollars every year. All these players that are now making money. Like, if I'm a player, can I just buy a headset? That would just make my life easier anyway. So can I why, – why are we not there yet? I, I understand certain schools not being able to afford it, but can we draw a line somewhere where we let all the schools that can just, just play in that league? Are we, is, that, is that really the end of the world if we box out all these teams that can't afford all that? My, my... I think
1: it's against the rules. You're not legally allowed to right now. They'd have to change the rules to allow it. All right. well, But it seems like – you're mentioning – that's where college is different from the pros. Of the SEC, their conference can say, "Hey, for our conference games, you're allowed to wear the headset." And I don't know what happens when you play interconference, but you know, mostly you care about the you know the conference games. And just the SEC can say, "Hey, yeah, we got plenty of money. We can afford headsets. Yeah, give everybody a headset. You know, knock yourself out."
0: Look, we could finger point till till the end of the day. We could finger point at anyone in any college league at all of this, but it just seems like we have a solution. There are professional solutions that we have. Scene made, and that are, I assume, convenient. I haven't heard a scandal in the NFL over something like this in quite some time. And even when the Patriots were doing it, it didn't seem any different than what everyone else was also doing. Again, they just got caught. I I, I just see that as the easy solution here. Like, why are we going to just continue to point fingers on whether they did or didn't cheat and see if they blinked twice to, and then judge based entirely off that on whether or not they did or didn't do it? I, I just—there's a solution here. There's no reason to be arguing over uh, it, whether they did or didn't. Shouldn't we just be trying to it, fix it this? It just
1: seems— it's in, as well as it seems so hard to prevent it from happening. There are thousands, there are tens of thousands of people that are sitting in the stadium, and for sure, thousands that have the correct angle to be able to see what the the signs are for the other team. So if your signs aren't tricky enough that they're not actually coded, like, to me it seems like it's kind of on you. Like you gotta, you gotta get smarter. You gotta get trickier signs. So you don't figure something out
0: also why are we not changing signs on a week-to-week thing we changed in in high school we changed up basketball plays on a week-to-week thing because you yell out the name of a play they know all right so the next time we hear that name or that title or school we always had school names for for plays then then we do this I just I I don't know what I don't know what we're trying to prevent here it just feels like Michigan is a really good football team and having a lot of success this year and that they want to be knocked down a couple notches by everyone else and that's no different than any other year and I, I don't know if they dug up something that's that's worthy or if they couldn't have dug up something on every other number one seed every other year it, it, it just it's it's whatever we got any other college football stuff in here you want to talk about colorado being robbed at ucla did you hear about that
1: no i did not hear about that
0: their their locker room was completely raided jewelry missing oh, all sorts no. of stuff if you are oh, that's messed up if you are a legitimate. Football program, let alone UCLA. I, I don't care how much you disrespect, how much you dislike, how much you want to beat and have a competitive advantage against the other team. I'd rather you cheat than set up a circumstances that I would describe as unsafe. And 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 this just is this is just wrong. This is a preventable. Right.
1: you gotta once they go out on the field, you gotta lock the door to the locker room behind them.
0: I, I'm sure, teams. Probably have a staff member that maybe holds back and and waits at the locker room, but I, I'm sure under certain circumstances at certain schools you just trust. There's a ton of security here. Like there's no like what about I am supposed to be defensive over over what? Like I, it's it's just a sad story to hear. I I know you could pick on Colorado's football results over the last couple of weeks, and certain, certainly Dion has been prime time in the prime light for maybe longer than he should have been. But this is just inexcusable. If you ask me, I don't this care. Seems,
1: this is, this just seems. Like- a high school game like once you get to the college level you're not concerned when you go on the road that hey someone might steal the stuff because the doors got left unlocked like hey come on there's a certain level of professionalism of arena employees
0: very 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 disappointing and i know these college guys are are still living a pretty good life but they're still college kids man like the, <laughs> that's the first time they ever bought anything like just imagine finally having some money and buying that jewelry buying any of that and then losing in a game of which you had some chances to win and then getting back to your locker room and realizing all that shit's gone just not there gone nothing you can do sad sad not fun story uh, what what else we got for college football anything else
1: uh coming up this week we have number 25 Kansas State playing at number 7 Texas that's going to be uh in, in the afternoon and then the premier game of the night is going to be uh 7:45 LSU at Alabama so uh, LSU has got two losses, Alabama's got one loss, but that's still a rivalry and for football that's still going to have, have have some juice. So that'll that'll be a fun one uh, Saturday night.
0: All right, that it? We done? We can that, get yep. I, I can get to it. I can talk we can finally yes. talk NBA. It's happened, the season's here. For watching tons of games. Let's uh, let, before we start just diving into and every every specific team, let, let's cover a couple actual NBA news stories with the All-Star game is going to be making some changes and the in-season tournament is also making some uh, court changes. Uh, what what do you want? To, uh, what do you want to start with first?
1: We'll go with the the All Star Game. There are actually some changes. There, are actually, maybe not so much changes as reversals. So uh, they will not be doing the fantasy draft. It will be back to the East versus West that uh, they've been doing this for six years now. So before this, this was the standard. They're going back to that as well as uh, no more Elam ending. They're going back to the traditional 12, uh, four minute quarters. Uh, There's no talk of uh, a strategy, but Adam Silver did come out and said, quote, we don't expect playoff intensity, but we expect a competitive game for our our fans. So the game has not been competitive. Uh, I think for a little while they thought, hey, the the draft. And I think at some points it did. And I think the Elam ending kind of helped for a little bit, but I, I I don't know what these changes going back to the old way are, how it's going to make it more competitive, but I'm hoping that this is just the start to maybe some other rules that make it so this is at least just, at least a little competitive. I I agree with someone. Hey, it's not a, it's not, it doesn't have to be playoff intensity, but I mean, at least regular season intensity.
0: I think this year, the really competitive part of this will be who gets in and who gets out versus the past year. I know there's always somebody who feels like they get snubbed, I'm telling you somebody really really good this year is going to get snubbed. Like multiple people who think they're really good and multiple teams who would never trade any of these guys are going to get snubbed from All-Star spots. So I'm hoping that competitive nature alone will give us a little extra juice here, but all of the changes they've made in the past have, have just been to shine a little light on the relevancy of the game that is completely irrelevant. You know, it's hey, we're, let's see who gets picked first and we'll, we'll make a controversy on who should go number 1 and who should go last and and then and then it's like, all right, Elon ending. Let's let's talk about who, who's going to take the last shot? Like, and which guy you wanted in other teams? It's like we had those conversations. Those are fun. I think they really only and delivered. It, and
1: then it just turns to uh, like, yeah. hey, this is a 25, 30 thirty-point game, and it's just, hey, as soon as you step over the over the free throw line, or like, excuse me, over over the half court line, just gonna launch, just gonna launch at a ridiculous deep three. Which when Dame's doing, it, it's kind of cool, but then it's just like when everyone, it's like, what what is this?
0: It's, I'm, I'm fine with the why, change. Why am I doing this? I'm fine with the change. I'm fine with them changing it back. I'm fine if they want to change it back to this other way in in like three years again, just to, again, get the juices flowing again. That's, yeah. what, that's what this game needs. That's what they haven't been shy about. They're just trying to make this game relevant, and I appreciate their efforts in a in a not easy solution because it's not like they just do this, and and then they'll care. I I understand that the changes to a, a year-to-year, and I, I have no problem with them if, as long as they're always trying to make it better and I, I truly believe that that's really what they're trying to do uh all right in-season tournament uh what, we're changing the court what are, what are we doing for all this this is so new this each year. team
1: each team has uh, a unique court design so on the i believe it's was it the tuesdays and the fridays when they have the in-season play or not playing games but the the round robin games when you turn the tv on if the, the court will look different so everybody's court looks looks different. Other court, other teams have done, uh, throwback. I think it was uh the Milwaukee Bucks not too long ago did a whole retro night where you know you turned it on and it looked looked uh you know much much different. So they just unveiled all thirty court designs to today.
0: Well, that's cool. It, it, they're, I think, it would be like digital court designs, or this is a physical court that they're all.
1: Physi- yeah. So it, it it, like a whole new court will be brought in.
0: All right. Well we got to brand this and make it something. So I'm look. I'm all for it. I I, I think all these regular season games have been great so far. And I, I know the tournament isn't necessarily going to have any value to some people, but we may get to see some teams play each other enough that there's, there's rivalries made and that there's just, just a little bit of extra competitive nature that we're forcing these teams to kind of have. And some are going to care. Some aren't going to care, but the few that do care, I think are going to give us some pretty good basketball games. And, th- and that's all we want. That's all we want. Um, I, I'm not against it. That's that's fine, right? Like, what is just it's just they're trying to make, again make us interested in this, make it make it memorable, I, make make it seem different than a regular season game, which is also another challenge. So like that's that's another thing. It's not going to be the same game you turned on tonight that you're going to turn on that night.
1: I I think that it'll it'll be helpful, as you're trying to get the tradition started, you're trying to hammer to people, hey these these games are on Tuesdays and Fridays, and it, it's gonna be i think easier for casual people that aren't so aware of it but when you turn it on and say hey that court looks like way different than normal why is that and then you realize oh this game has like a little bit more meaning than just a traditional regular season game and that you get people to go look into it where if it's just the normal normal court it'd be more difficult and then i'm not sure I, like I said, I'm pretty sure that it's Tuesdays and Fridays are the, the the games, but I'm not sure if all Tuesday and Friday games. So if you turn on a game and you see, oh, this has got the regular court. This doesn't have anything to do with in season tournament. I want to watch one of those games. You can switch over, uh, you know, without having to just be you know looking up, to see like, hey, where, w- what what games are, are for real tonight?
0: Well, the tournament's gonna come up quick. That's that's the other thing. Is it, I think it,
1: the first uh, I think the first Friday is uh is this Friday.
0: it's it's yeah it's already it's already here I think everyone's waiting for this to start in February and it's like no no no. this is kind of how the season starts now I know it's called the mid-season tournament but it's really just the it's kind of like a start season tournament like all this first couple weeks there's I I asked you before this podcast like how how do you want to break up all these NBA teams like which ones are justified to be brought up in the podcast and which ones aren't because we don't have time to talk about every single team and you know these games they play multiple games every week that if I talk about all last week's games, it really doesn't have a lot of relevance to this week. So I, I thought we would go back and forth and talk about our favorite upcoming games this week and maybe always touch on the Celtics here or there wherever we can. Uh, rather, let's go with the Celtics then. I, I'm, I've seen them play with a couple different lineups to start off the year. I'm not worried about any of it. I'm not worried about the lack of chemistry of some games, but it seems like we're getting better and better every week. What I'm most impressed on, and comparing this across the league, is those five or six players, those lineups, that combination, whatever combination we play, I think those five or six players have the best odds every possession on doing something successful versus any other team. They may not be dominant. They may not be always 100% successful, but I just think we have really, really, really good odds of something going our way every single possession, and that's that's kind of relieving. Like I, I, just, I like the weapons we have. I like watching Porzingis shoot. I like watching Porzingis dunk. I like I like watching all these guys: Derek White, Drew Holiday, fly through the air, get rebounds, and kick it back out to someone else. I'm unfortunately just going to announce that Jalen Brown has become the new punching bag of Boston. There's no way around it. Marcus Smart's gone. Jalen uh, Grant Williams is gone. This, this is going to be the new guy of like when things get a little shaky and we tempers fly a little bit. And we're going to be pointing the finger at him, unfortunately, because if you ask me, he's he's the weak link of the questionable turnovers, and then miracle dunk play the next next play. Like there's an inconsistency that I haven't scratched my head or pulled out my hair since Marcus Smart left. And he's going to be the new one that's going to be doing all that. But what, what are your thoughts on the C's early on here?
1: I think that the Jalen's first game, it, you know, we, you know, beat, beat the next, uh, we were pretty much a, you know, double digit lead throughout the whole game. And then we kind of let that get away. We never pushed it into the 15 to 20 area uh, so that was disappointing, but it was definitely out of all the guys. Jalen was the one that seemed uh, the, I guess, I guess the shakiest, but then on Friday night in both, both games, nationally televised games. So you're on front street. Everybody's watching you. He, he comes up with 27 points, good efficiency, six rebounds, the you know, only one assist. So I, I like, like I said, the first game, I didn't love it. I thought we were still in some of the same dribbling issues, but kind of turn that around in, in game 2 i think our a much bigger problem we have no production from our bench right now e- even al and al you know historically hasn't been a huge point scorer but my concern is you know Tatum playing 41 minutes that's a lot of minutes for for game 2 i mean there was a lot of time you know between uh I mean, a lot of time, but you know, they're day off between Wednesday and Friday, and then there was uh, Saturday and Sunday off, so it wasn't like it was a back to back. But I just want—I think we want to be careful. If we're looking to make a deep run, we're looking to play in June. You can't be playing those many minutes, and right now we got nobody on the bench. Uh, you know, Pritchard's playing 13 minutes, three points. Like he had—he had the most, and that—that's not enough. So that—that's a red flag for me right now.
0: Uh, I i mean, like we're just gonna have a little Pritchard moment here, and I think the problem is we haven't found the right lineup to play with Pritchard because he can't play with the other guards. Because I think he's got to play with a bigger lineup. He has to be the smaller guy down there. Now I'm not saying you know Derek White, Drew Holiday can't guard up, but I just think playing him with those guys isn't the same offensive weapon that he'd be playing with. I I I almost. You know, he joked about like Tatum, I think even joked about coming off the bench. It's like yeah, that yeah, that that would work. Pritchard and Tatum would work a lot better, and there's plenty of offensive power still in the lineup, but I don't know who that's gonna end up being. It just feels like it's it's come down to it being Al, Drew Holiday, and and Derek White. And I don't think any of those guys are the right pieces to be playing along Pritchard. And I still think Pritchard's worth playing. You can't start Pritchard and bench the other guys either. But that that seems you know backwards, but there, there has to be a way to spread out this offensive power of the starting lineup and spread it a little bit to the bench, and and I don't know which guy's going to end up being. I mean, you know, Jalen's making the most money in the NBA at this point right now. If he comes off the bench, that's going to feel a little weird. The other new guys just got there. I don't think they were hoping to get traded here and then come off the bench. But someone's going to have to do it, and someone's going to have to go play with Pritchard, and someone's going to have to get better chemistry with him because we don't have another option. As you as you mentioned, this isn't a. There's not a lot of depth out there. and There's not a big Plan B option. Nope. We have to be able to figure out a way for him to come off the bench and someone in a lineup to play with him. That's much much better than what we've had so far. But those are those are issues that we're supposed to have on you know, our third game in the in the year here. We, we we just made a whole bunch of moves. It's really just Tatum, Pritchard, Horford, and Brown that, that have been there in the past. Like I don't think there's any other any of the any of the remaining Celtics. So I'm not worried. i I'm, I'm okay with it all. We do take some breaks on defense. I'm
1: very, very impressed with how uh, Porzingis is playing uh, offensively and defensively where it's, you know, we gave up, we gave up Rob. And so Rob was, you know, he he floated around and he was definitely athletic, but where he would have to jump and use his, his athleticism. Porzingis is so tall. Like he is just, when he's around the rim, guys have to get creative. And then in that Knicks game, when we needed points, he was not afraid of the moment. He had a deep three and he's like, this guy, this guy's enormous. No, even, even the guy comes out, tries to contest it. doesn't matter. He just shoots over him. So that was really cool to see. Cause we've definitely had some problems, you know, in the past of the, the offense just kind of stalling out at certain points. So if you have got a guy that's over seven feet, that's just like, I, I could just shoot threes over guys. And like, we're good. So I I really like seeing that.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I love all of it. Unfortunately, the C's don't really play a game that I'm looking forward to upcoming. We got the Wizards tonight. There may be another matchup or two uh, late later in the week. But uh, what what's uh, what's one of the first games you're looking forward to this week?
1: So it's actually it's uh, sort of sort of a doubleheader. It's the uh, the the Knicks and the Cavs both at one and two. They play on they play tomorrow, and then back to back to play on Wednesday. Uh, now after I had picked these, uh, I've realized that. The Cavs are even more beat up than I thought. I knew uh, Jared Allen was out, but I thought he was kind of like on the way back. But it sounds like uh, Darius Garland has also got, uh, I think he has got the hamstring issue or I can't remember him or Donovan Mitchell was questionable. So it was more, I was looking at, hey, who are some teams that were expected to be playoff, be good teams that have maybe not started off so stellar. So these were two teams and especially playing back to back, if you can win both of those, you know, now you're, three and two and okay now you're you're more in the win column, you're on the right way. But if you lose both of those and now you're one one and four it's not impossible to come out of it, but it's you know, you're really frustrated with how how, how the start's going. So those were coming up and then also on uh Wednesday, Lakers, Clippers. Clippers, all the Clippers guys are playing. They smacked down the Spurs, absolutely shut Wemby down, said, Hey rookie, we're not impressed by you. Cool to see Kawhi out there. Cool to see Paul George out there, as well as uh, seeing some of these early uh, Lakers games. In the first game, LeBron played 29 minutes, said, Yep, this is going to kind of how it's going to be. It's going to have to be under 30. And LeBron said, Yep, you know, whatever coach wants me to do. (laughs) Second game, immediately. LeBron plays the entire fourth quarter. If LeBron has to play entire fourth quarters, this team is in trouble. And I think that they are in trouble. If Anthony Davis isn't able to just be clearly the best guy and LeBron needs to be the one to bail him out, that is too many minutes. In the second game of the year, he's already playing an entire fourth quarter. That's too much. That that That's a red flag to me. But I think it'll be cool to see, uh, you know, Lakers, Clippers, all the stars out. Let, let's see what we got.
0: I will argue, and Rosillo's brought this up too, that LeBron's minutes almost don't count. I mean I understand that they they physically that are being kept track of but nobody's better at coasting and reserving energy better than LeBron. Like his 31 minutes isn't a normal I ran around for 31 minutes. It was just I was on the court for 31 minutes and made as much of an impact as I could without exerting too much energy early. I, I like at some point he's going to get old. It hasn't happened yet. So like yeah, I'm all for it. It doesn't make sense that this guy should be playing this many minutes but He's kind of done his whole career. I know we've been a little safe with him the past couple years, but inarguably, he's as healthy as he's ever been this year. (laughs) So, you know, he got a lot of rest in the offseason. He's ready to roll right now, and they're going to roll with him. He's already
1: got an ankle. He's already got an ankle issue.
0: That ain't nothing. He's LeBron. Nothing's going to hold him out. I didn't even have that game written down, though. I'll tell you that. I didn't even have that one written down. I just hope that those guys play. I mean, you just talked about the disappointment of the Cavaliers not having their whole roster. I I roped down both of those games as well just because I thought the Knicks should still have a real sour taste on the way their their season ended last year. They got eliminated by this team, and I know Cleveland didn't go on to have a whole bunch of success after, but the Knicks, I think, truly thought they were a better team than than the Cavaliers, and I think this year they think the same thing, and they're going to have to prove it two nights in a row here. A home and away, first one's at Cleveland, second one's at New York, back-to-back nights, both 7.30. I, I expect New York to come out and smack these guys around. Cleveland has been hot and cold. I know you mentioned the injuries, but it, it, Stroess goes off one game and then is completely cold the next. It seems like they're a little too reliable on him, and the bigs are are just an interesting situation. I know they're missing Allen, but you know Mobley. Do you feel like Mobley's getting better? I don't know. I don't know if this team's getting better, and it just feels like Donovan Mitchell is one step out the door already. And I don't know. I don't know what Cleveland's hoping for, but I, I did write down both those games I, I want to keep an eye on. That uh, other other games I wrote down. Uh, it's a little later in the week, but I have the Warriors and Thunder on Friday, November 3rd, and I have the Warriors and Kings on Wednesday at, at 10 p.m. Warriors and Kings just played last night or the other night. Light the beam. I, I, I'm all for the light and the beam. I think there's an excitement in the Kings, and I, I love that this game plays fast because the Warriors want to play fast and the Kings want to play fast, and you're, you're just going to see guys sprinting up and down the court, shooting shots as fast as you possibly can, and I, I just think that that's what I want to watch. I, I don't want to watch a bunch of guys dribbling doing nothing. I, I just want to watch as guys run really high paced and big dunks, big threes, and I think you're gonna get that with with the Kings and Warriors. the The Warriors have been very reliable, uh, relying on their on their bench uh, of recent. Have, have you picked out a, a favorite bench player for them that that you can kind of rely on because they keep going back and forth with Kaminga and Moody and what uh, they got a isn't, isn't Chris Paul coming off the bench? I, he did this past week, I, uh, this past game, and I still think that that's not the end of the world. I, and everyone tries to make a bigger deal about it. But, you know, at, at some point, he, you do get old. Like, I talked about LeBron. Like, he's not – this isn't the same Chris Paul. Like, he, he could still do certain things, but maybe a bench role is just what they need. Um, is is Kaminga and Moody the, the right guys to be playing with him? I'm, I'm not sure because they seem to be better – a little bit more elusive a situation, but maybe maybe Paul can kind of maneuver his way to control the offense and and set these guys up a little bit better. I I like uh, I still like Chris Paul the Warriors. I don't think that's like an immediate failure, um, and and I I still think that they are better than the Kings. But I, I'm I'm looking forward to this. Uh, have you watched any of these West Coast teams? I haven't watched
1: the the, the West Coast teams as much with them just starting later. Uh, I've mentioned to you uh, last week. It was, you know, Monday night, you got Monday night football. Tuesday was the start of the season, so it's, all right, well, two standalone games. I'll stay up for this one. Wednesday after the Celtics win, then it's Wemby's debut, so it's like, oh, I'll stay up for this one. And before you know it, it's just like, hey, how important is sleep? I crashed. I I saw the uh, the game yesterday, Uh, the 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 football game was not close it was like yeah uh, the chargers are, are beating down the the bears and i just i fell asleep at halftime yeah so these these west coast games are are, are tricky so uh, i'm going to have to kind of check out some more of the, uh, the the highlights and you'll see them more when they, they play on the, the the east coast times
0: all right la- last game is also wednesday november 1st it'll be the nuggets at the timberwolves i got an 8 p.m. start written down here so that's uh ooh perfect th- that's an opportunity to catch some Another uh, playoff rivalry from the year before. So I, I think that's kind of why I wrote it down. I, I like the Nuggets are just easy to watch. Like if you like basketball, this, they're just this team's easy to watch. Everything just works. Guys are cutting and moving and it's new guys every every week. And Aaron Gordon is is just this perfect utility player with with Jokic and Murray doing step back threes around screens and all that. I I like watching the Nuggets play The Timberwolves, Wolves, maybe not as a. Uh, Easy on the eye to watch, but there is an effectiveness in some of these really wacky lineups they have going out there with, with just a really big length and some good youth. I, I think that they're prepared for being taking a big step, and this will be a good way to kind of gauge it. I, I also think they quietly really, not that they were you know immensely successful against Denver, I, I thought they slowed down Jokic a little bit more than some of the other teams did. Not, not that anyone's done it truly successful, but I, I'm just curious to see if that experiment has any effect from last year going into this year. So I I got the Nuggets at the Timberwolves November first, Wednesday, eight PM. I, I'm I'm into I'm into basketball. I just I'm gonna be watching so many games every night. Is there is there something else I should be doing with my time? I, I feel like I'm obsessing over it now. Is it what, what, Well is don't
1: it, don't worry, college college basketball, you got your new team. They, that's gonna start next uh, next Monday. So take all the basketball you have now and then just double it. And yeah. Then you'll be ready to go. Well Can we talk about
0: Zion? Yeah, sure we can do that in the outro here uh, I'm out on him I'm out on Zion I'm out tell me why I should be in I'm so out I want nothing to do with the stock I'm selling 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 I think that he will have flashes of brilliance and it'll be so exciting to see when that happens I just don't think there will ever be a consistency that any team will ever be able to rely on and that's that's just concerning it will always constantly be a what if I don't like that situation I, why why should I buy in on the Zion stock
1: Team is uh, 2-0, looking pretty good. And Zion's played both games, so I think you know, small, small victories here. As well as uh, I think the first game he struggled in the first half, but in the second, uh, second half, I'm seeing some of the, the highlight dunks. I'm seeing the, the alley oops. He dunked all over uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. And you know sometimes you get a dunk on somebody and it's like ah, you, I don't know, you gotta get away with one. Or it's like yeah, who'd you dunk on? It's like no, Jaron Jackson Jr. is the you know in in the running to be Defensive Player of the Year. It's Zion dunked all over him. Absolutely just met him at the rim, and I, I, just I see good things, and I would like for them to continue. And you know, fingers crossed they stay stays healthy. And I, I just he's, he's one of the guys that, you know, when I'm looking through and deciding what games to watch, if it's Zion's playing, uh, I, I saw oh it was a uh, Jay Kyle Man. He wanted for uh, for the NBA app to have uh, some sort of alert every time Wemby went in. And I wish you could kind of do that for more players where you're like, yeah, let me know when Wimpy's coming in because when the Spurs, when he's not in for the Spurs, I don't
0: care. And
1: uh, I, I care a little bit more with, uh, with the Pelicans, but just like a an alert. If Zion's coming in, let me know so I can switch over to that game.
0: There's only one ESPN alert that I think dominates over everyone else, and it was when Barry Bonds was going to set the record, and they would just... Uh, break yep. in from whatever was on ESPN. Like it could have been primetime Sports Center. It didn't matter. It's like, hey, Bonds is up. He's gonna probably break the record. And they would just cut to it. <laughs> they did that for like a week straight. Uh, look, I, I'm not rooting against Zion. I, I I I want this to work out. All right. I, I don't want that to make it sound like I I'm selling stock and I don't I'm not buying in because I don't want it to work. I just don't think it's ever going to work. I have no idea what roster he should be playing with or what guy should be playing around him or if he even fits on this or if this team's better off with him as a more of a focal point or less as a second option i have no idea what he looks like as a second option either there's just so many question marks to have at this point and you're already so committed to him and i don't just don't think he's as safe a bet as you would would hope for i'm not saying i'd take the next number one over pick overall pick over him but I'm, I'm certainly not as excited to have him on my roster as I once was. And the problem is, is he's going to get even more expensive as the years go on. And that, that, that price tag, you got to play some games. You just got to play. That's what I mean. Two for two. Let's
1: just keep it up. Keep, keep positive. I want to talk, I want to talk about him while he's been playing. Cause You're never sure when that injury bug is going to hit, and then you can't talk about him. So I wanted to get it in uh, before anything
0: happens. Well, I hope he plays. I hope he plays the whole season, and I hope that they're very, very successful so that I can eat my words and look like a fool. We'll be back next week. Thank you, as always, for following us on our social media. Look all May, look all B. And you can follow Zach on his X account, which is... Wicked Z Man 24. We'll be back next week. Good luck with your picks. We just go out go opposite of one of us. And you probably do just fine. We'll be back. Chess fine. fine. Can we?
1: Can
0: we, we do well, little column A, little column B.